All right, we are live for a Monday edition of the People's Talk Show. Excited to be back and um, streaming a little bit later than normal, but I had so much stuff to put together. Hopefully I can package it all up to where it makes sense just because something doesn't smell right, seem right about this current contagion. And uh, the more I look and dive deeper down these trails, it leads me to question a lot of things that's going on. And I'm smelling a deliberate, uh, sabotaging of the smaller regional banks that's under the most stress right now and all the deposits that's being yanked from the regional banks they're flowing up the the currency train or the food chain to say the least towards the globally systemic important banks and this goes into a lot of what about what i've been saying over the last several years about how every panic every crisis leads to a uh, sacrificing of a lot of banks down to what might be considered the what I consider to be the big four as all this unwinds for the sake of the central planners trying to basically control the entire monetary structure outside of the central banking model as well. So I'll dive further to that. But I uh, hope everyone is doing well. Welcome to this live stream. I have a lot of headlines I want to share. So I'm going to try my best to get through them all because I try to put them in order to where it builds up to my point that I'm trying to get to at the end of this. And it, I, my assumption, my I'm some pure speculation. I got my tinfoil hat over there. Pure speculation. This contagion is intentional. And SVB was sacrificed for the greater good of the banking system. And it has a lot to do with this current um, uh, contagion that's spreading now globally. And this has a lot to do with what I think is uh, just the first phases of trying to reboot the system, as I've been mentioned for quite some time now. So I'll dive into that. But before I do, uh, welcome to the live stream. Uh, if we have any first time viewers, welcome. Uh, if you have not already hit the bell notification so you are notified as well as hit that thumbs up button so more people are able to plug in. And if you find any value from these talks, as well as the discord amongst the um, other members in the community and the calls, please share this so people can stay plugged in and get an alternative perspective on what's really happening out here. And that will help. And also, if you have not already, make sure you connect with RTD on all these alternative platforms here so you can stay plugged in just in case we happen to be disconnected here. So I uh, just want to do that little quick uh, reminder there uh, for what's going on here. And typically, I start off by acknowledging people. But just for the sake of having a lot of headlines, a lot of articles, I probably won't be able to do it. But I'm sure everybody here has been keeping an eye on something uh, throughout the day and perhaps even up, up until this moment. And so definitely bring it to the fold when I open the phone lines. I'm going to try to get through all these articles, headlines, share my opinions and get the phones a lot faster just because I think uh, it's already, you know, the contagion is already spread internationally right now. Like right now, Asia's opening up in the red. And it's good to say that we will probably experience the same type of events tomorrow here just because this regional bank failures, it's, I, I believe it's strategically been done to funnel funds to bankrupt a lot of those smaller banks which are still in the billions funding those funds up towards the mega banks so that between now and the time they to try to reboot the system, they have other plans for the globally systemic important banks, in my opinion. And I'll share more on that. But anyway, okay. Um, I'm a little winded right now, but I have, let me just, I'm going to just pour it all out, man. I'm going to pour it all out and do everything I can to share these headlines, try to make them make sense according to the way I processed them earlier. That's why I'm streaming a little bit late because my thoughts were everywhere throughout the day and I couldn't, I couldn't pinpoint that the, the leading narrative I wanted to, to lead with other than the regional banks are the scapegoats. And it has a lot to do with an event that took place in September of 2019, which was the triggering point for the liquidity crisis that took place then. And now we have the debt crisis because these underwater, these Basically, the banks are underwater or or in a negative territory because of the debt, the treasuries they've taken on that's taking losses right now. And so the special vehicle that they created last night, the BTMF, is another vehicle similar to what happened after the liquidity crisis in September 2019. So I'm going to share some thoughts on that anyway. Okay. Welcome to the live stream. If you haven't hit the thumbs up button, let's get into this. All right. So I got a lot of headlines to share with you. Let's jump right into it. All right, let me just keep it moving. All right, so uh, I'm sure everybody today, when you woke up, you either casually checked 
activity on the social media sphere or the markets directly, but I stayed away from it and just waited till all the data came in to filter it. And then here I'm about to share with you what I came across. But earlier on, the regional banks, and I mentioned the regional banks just because SVB, um, it, it, it's it, there's a lot of actors behind SVB that knew exactly what was coming. And the best way to prove that is the fact that the CEO three weeks ago decided to bail in reference to selling off his shares in the company. So obviously he knew something was coming. And as I mentioned on the weekend, it's good to say a lot of other heavy, heavy hitters that knew what was underway also bailed during this little investigation that they're about to, you know, they about to, they appointed us, uh, um, they appointed a member from the Fed or something like that to do an investigation on SVB. But of course, nothing's going to come up, but just the fact the CEO knew to bail lets us know that SVB was a targeted event which opened up the can of worms that is now trickling throughout the regional banks. I'm going to get into that. But here you have just a little tweet here from earlier. And I wanted to share this just because this is an activity that happened this morning, the contagion that started because of a lack of confidence in the smaller banks. And so this person here says, holy crap, almost every single banking stock is getting halted. Steady, lads. Okay, so and then here's just more headlines here. Uh, and of course, most of these come from the mainstream narrative. So I like to take them, turn them upside down, share my two cents on top of it, and let you guys chew on it. But here, something broke. So it's obvious at this point, something broke. And it's my personal opinion that due to the sudden rate hike that has pretty much buried central banks as well as the commercial banks under a pile of worthless, non-performing debt instruments, i.e. treasuries, those things right now are the primary issue. So Ultimately speaking, we're at the cusp of that debt crisis that has now spread throughout the world because it's all intermixed. And people thinking that pristine collateral is considered or U.S. debt is still considered a valuable asset worth having. At the same time, the interest rates on all the 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 yield on all the old debt that has been issued is now. Not as worth, not worth as much as it is today. Therefore, there's a lot of losses being taken on the prices of those bonds. So anyway, something broke, but they, but the Fed is still expected to go through with rate hikes. A lot of people are suspecting that, based upon the contagion is on the way, they're trying to sell a false narrative that everything is okay. We all know it's not. But if they are still attempting to get another quarter or half a point in the next next week or so. That lets me know that literally like this is a 100 percent plan, strategically planned, bringing down of the banking system slowly but surely, starting with the regional banks, trying not to let it ripple into the too big to fail banks. And then I even mentioned earlier that just because if things are being done strategically, if it stays in order the way that they want it to go, then we may not have a cyber event. But if it gets out of hand, believe me, there's going to be some glitches in the system. Okay, let me get to more headlines real quick, man. So I'm going to just share with you the primary focal point that has been the fuse that has sparked the fuse that has gotten us to this point now where it's becoming a solvency issue based upon the losses being taken because of the debt. Here we have the next article. U.S. regional banks remain under pressure as First Republic sinks. And so we had Silvergate, we had Signature Bank, we had SVB. Now we got First Republic sinks. I'll get into more of that in a moment. Just trying to highlight the primary focus that the financial sector is all honed in on right now, and it's the regional banks. Regional banks slam by fear of a broader financial crisis. And of course, every headline is going to get your attention, but I'm trying to share with you why I think the regional banks are deliberately being targeted by the central planners. Next one here. And then this is one of the reasons why I think this is a strategic event taking place by the central planners to basically get rid of the smaller banks all for another purpose that has to do with the CBDCs and all that other stuff that's coming in the future. But it says regional banks are seeing flight of deposits to too big to fail mega banks. Okay, so let me share with you a little bit more on that. So here we have the list that was brought up the other day. Here's the 20 largest banks. So as of now, we're in the phase of the contagion starting down at the bottom. 
you know, the 10, the 10 through 20. So we got 20 is Huntington Bank, Key Bank, M&T, Fifth Third, Silicon Valley, First Republic. Now, so when we spoke on Friday with me and Mario, it was 16. There was a problem. Now it's 15. And so the way things are shaping out and the way I think this is deliberately been done, and I'll share with you in a minute, minute why, we're going to have 14, 13, 12. So, and this is just me, pure speculation, but it's my suspicion that the central planners, those that are trying to control this reset, this rebooting of the system, they're trying to alleviate a good portion of these banks to get us down to basically what they would probably consider the core banks. And of course, the biggest, most important bank for many reasons happens to be JP Morgan Chase, not only because they're the biggest on this list here, but also they have the largest stockpile of silver that I'm aware of. And one of their vaults, you know, strategically placed in this country, if I'm not mistaken, to where could this be a sacrifice of all the quote unquote unimportant banks for the sake of having one or two or three head honchos to usher in this new digital transformation that the central banks and the treasury and these, how many ever banks that will be left after this will operate together, basically furthering the consolidation of power into the hands of a very small few. That is what I'm thinking is going on right now. And the reason I say that because not only has SBV CEO sold a stock several weeks ago, but then again, they had an auction this weekend. And um, <clears throat> here's something that caught my attention uh, that was shared on by Zero Hedge from Haggerty. And it says here, regulators received SVB bid, but allowed it to fail. And so I'm thinking like, okay, if there was a, if there was a buyer out there, someone Obviously, one of the two big to fail banks is flush with cash. I'm going to share with you a lot of my thoughts on that as well. Then why wouldn't the regulators, of course, this is probably an opinion piece, but the fact there has been no sale of SVB's assets as of today lets us know that people aren't rushing to buy a failing bank to contain this whole contagion. So I think the regulators literally put on a front that they're trying to sell SVB's assets to provide liquidity and make everybody whole, yada, yada, yada. But because of the, the real concern is the fact that there are $620 billion worth of losses so far within the entire banking sector, they need an excuse to let this bank fail so that they could then create a new tool, i.e. that banking, that thing we talked about, you have the BMTF, which is a new tool designed to provide liquidity disguised as helping out the, the, the previous three banks, Silvergate, uh, SVB, First Republic. So about $42 billion that comes from the TGA account, basically the Treasury Savings Account, to provide liquidity. I'm sorry, the ES, Exchange Stabilization Fund will provide funds. Forgive me. But then again, the biggest concern is the banks above these this 16, 15 category. And so reason I say that, and so bear with me, I'm everywhere. Um, here's another little side note on the FDIC planning another Silicon Valley bank auction. So apparently there was no real sense of urgency to just make sure they put it into the hands of somebody over the weekend. But now they're going to try to pretend as if they're going to really try to sell it now after they've already opened up the bailout process by creating a new tool to provide liquidity disguised as if it's going solely to SVB and their 97% top 1% echelon depositors, which is, are, are all over the planet for the most part. But it's my suspicion that they open this new tool up to provide liquidity for a lot of other players that we do not know about as of now. And one of the primary players that's, that's going to come down to having some problems will be, it says here, Bank of America. Bank of America has biggest losses in the bond portfolio among its peers. And so Bank of America is further up the totem pole as far as the top echelon of banks. Let me see what number Bank of America. Uh, let me see if I see some Bank of America. Where they at? Where they at? Where they at? Give me one second. Here. Bank of America is number two with $2.42 trillion under management. And then here we see that the Bank of America has the biggest losses out of all its peers. And so not only do a lot of these too big to fail banks, they, they are already flushed with cash because it's currently sitting in the reverse repo earning interest. 
but that money is still parked there due to the fact that if it was to leak and come back into the system, we're going to have inflation like we would have never imagined. But real quick, I'll just thumb through some things here, trying to build up a case to highlight how the regional banks are strategically being targeted and they let SVB fail so that they can use that as a cover up for opening up quasi QE again, a.k.a. bailouts that would ultimately benefit banks such as this Bank of America without them having to go back to the reverse repo to draw those funds that's in their coffers. And so it's another way to provide more liquidity for the banks that already have it without them having to go back to get that. So this is emergency to prop them up. But it says Bank of America had had $862 billion of debt securities on its balance sheet, totaling roughly $3 trillion at the end of 2022. Of that, $632 billion, damn near half a trillion dollars plus, mostly federal agency mortgage securities were classified as as held to maturity for accounting purposes. It says, uh, okay, I keep spare with you on that. But so as of now, they're underwater significantly, taking major losses. And so Bank of America and other banks that are in the same tier, closer to the, the trillion dollar assets under management, this special vehicle is ultimately going to benefit them as well. Okay. And so all this to me, it, it smells a lot like, um, what we had here. Let me get back to my, I got a lot of things up here. Give me one second here. A lot of this smells like, um, the event that took place as I started this off, I'm everywhere right now, but bear with me. Hopefully it's making sense. But here we have a, the graph from the feds balance sheet. And so we had in 2019, September, something took place. We all know that it was, it was, basically a lack of liquidity for the banking sector due to this tightening attempt to this attempt to tighten by the Fed basically dialing off the, you know, cutting off the spigots, choking out the banking sector. And so September, the, the repo market started trickling up. And then of course we all know, was it, uh, was a five or six months later, bam, we had a health event here. And then that March when things shut down, then we had, QE to infinity for the most part, and that reliquified the banks something fierce. It overliquified the banks to the tune of what we got here. Close to about four or so trillion dollars of liquidity was created to prop up the banking sector and all the interconnected parts that make this monetary piping work. And so now we're at this other point where things are also turning around. This QT stuff again, this quantitative tightening. You can't tight, you can't tighten a Ponzi. You got to continue to pump and pump and pump and pump. We know that. You know that. But they try to make it seem as if they can actually stop this. But here we are coming over the cliff again. The balance sheet is coming down. Distress is happening within the banking sector as the Fed raises interest rates, i.e. the stress on treasuries by everybody being underwater. And so here we have now Bank of America taking the biggest losses. We got all the regional banks taking hell of a losses. And then. The losses are not just in the U.S. I've showed last two days how the Swedish pension fund and the U.K. tech sector. And then here we have today, Norway's oil fund has staked worth $263 million in troubled U.S. banks. And so we're going to have oil companies, tech companies, financial banks, and everybody named mother in Europe that have been sending funds over here for the last several years for a higher yield, given the fact that all Europe is down there NERP or ZERP already. So where's all those funds coming to the U S to earn one or two or 3% at the bare minimum. And now they're trapped in. So not only with those, that bailout vehicle that the fed just created or the treasury just allowed to be created, but it also send funds back to these entities as well, because they're on the hook for several, several billion dollars. Okay. So I'm everywhere tonight, but bear with me. Hope it's making sense. Um, okay. So here's just more of what I'm talking about. The bank fallout shines spotlight on 620 billion hole in the banking sector. So literally they're underwater. Primarily the regional banks is going to be there. The regional banks are the escape goat for the banking sector in general. The biggest concern is not letting this spill over into the GSIBs just because those are where things really get nasty because those are interconnected globally to every other bank. And then there will be a lot of fireworks there, but they're going to highlight the regional banks failing as 
allow the liquidity to go to them supposedly but yet we'll never know how much of these other banks are actually getting funds as well okay so keep it moving as i mentioned here we have the repo situation started qe to infinity now we have a similar situation so the next doorway that we can consider qe happens to be this new tool that was created so from that they're able to through backdoor channel now special purpose vehicle create more funds through a loan that of course may not be paid back because the system may not hold together long enough for it to be paid back so basically they're funneling funds from the tga or exchange stabilization fund into the hands of the banking sectors to prop them up that's going to be what's going to occur for the next couple of days and weeks until something even more breaks but then again the biggest problem that is something we all should be concerned about is the fact that uh here we have the reverse repo i was going to explain that but you guys know that so all the funds that the gcibs are sitting on from the cares act and all the deposits that we put into their coffers has ended up at the Fed earning what 4.55% right now. So this fund, these funds are not going to leave. They can't leave because if they leave, they're going to let out the inflationary nightmare into the economy. So that's going to stay parked there. So they're going to use this tool. And so the biggest problem that has not really been discussed, and it can they can probably get away with this for quite some time, is the fact that here we have the Federal Reserve that is now this is older. It says realized gains and losses and change in unrealized gain uh, position. So as of this is last spring, so it's 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 increased significantly. The Federal Reserve is underwater, negative one point two trillion dollars. The Fed themselves. And then we got the banking sector, as I just showed, is underwater six hundred and twenty billion dollars. So that's damn near two trillion dollars of debt that is non-performing right now because of the sudden spike in interest rates and the Fed's narrative of fighting inflation. All while this cash here, which is 2.1 trillion of extra cash is just sitting there helping the banks cannot move <laughs> or it, it will open up the floodgates to complete inflation like we've never imagined. So yeah, that, that's, those are some things that right now are of concern to me the regional banks are being used as a scapegoat to prop up and open up the window for qe in another form where the exchange stabilization funds will be used to help the gcibs while they allow the regional banks to pretty much either be brought into receivership by the government one by one by one by one narrowing down that list of top 20 and basically consolidating power to the hands of a very small few and if and I also just from a historical standpoint I uh, did a little history to look at the amount of banks that have went out of business every crisis. And so as we, let me get my windows up here, forgive me. There's every major banking panic or crises, several hundred banks, several hundred banks go out of business. And so we, from all the way from the great depression, I think it was a total of, was it, if I'm not mistaken, like 8,000 8, banks or something large several a thousand or two went out of business then we had uh 87 then we had the mortgage crisis uh, and dot com and then we had great financial crises and then we had this past 2020 i think four banks went out of business and so this event here will definitely take out a lot more banks and so the biggest banks that go in uninterrupt, uninterrupted happen to be the ones that are the primary shareholders within the Federal Reserve Bank themselves, which happens to be the Goldman Sachs, the JP Morgans, and all the, the big banks at the top of that list I just showed of 20 banks. So here you have the contagion spreading worldwide. And so just to get back to how the can, the worm is already out of the can, the inflation genie is already in, in the mix. Um, as of right now, let's get it to what's happening uh, around the world. So here we have, let me get to here. So as of right now, this is from literally an hour and a half ago. Japan's topics slides 3% in Asia's sell-off over Silicon Valley Bank concerns. So not only is the contagion and, and, and lack of constant confidence in the bank just remaining here, it's trickling well beyond our borders because somehow in one way or another, some Japanese tech companies and some European tech companies had accounts at SVB. <laughs> and so 
a lot of people globally right now have probably been going to the bank trying to make some to make some moves. And then just to just to highlight how if you're looking at your portfolio and if you're invested in 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 the banking sector right now. So as of now, this is what this is what happened today. This is the financial sector right here. So here we have all this red in the bottom left hand corner. And so the banks diversify. So we got, look at this. Let me just highlight a little bit more for you so you can see what I'm saying. So this is just banks diversified. This region says down 1.8%. Not bad. Regional banks, 4.25%. But then again, these are the banks where majority of your smaller businesses, as well as possible tech companies, startup companies, things of that nature, the, the not the, the major conglomerates, these were a lot of smaller individuals might be banking. And just from the SVB in of itself, that creates enough concern to where, hey, people are like, hey, let me let me transfer my funds and where are they transferring those funds to? Some people are taking possession of a little bit of cash, but majority of people are trying to wire those funds who to the top of the banking chain, which happen to be the big players up here. So we got more pain at the bottom, less pain at the top. I think that's deliberate. And just to show you a little bit what's happening right now in Asia. So as we see right here, the markets are open around the world. And we're already seeing negative 2%. The Nikia, we got uh, the DJ New Zealand down almost a point. We got DJ Shanghai down a point, a point, a point, a point, a point. So it's still early. Markets just opening not long ago there. So it's red there. It's good to say. It's my suspicion that somehow, some way, it's going to be in the red here tomorrow as well. And so the contagion has spread officially. There's no reeling it back in. Everything has been done intentionally, in my in my opinion. And here we are now. Now we wait and see. But on the good note, I can't even say it's not a 100% good note, but on a more positive note, <laughs> as of right now, we see gold and silver trending up in the green. And as of right now, gold could literally tomorrow before the end of this week barring the you know them coming out throwing you know buku contracts to try to stem the price gold could probably hit two thousand dollars an ounce in usd terms and to me that's like kryptonite to the monetary system because that shows that there's a flight to safety real safety beyond the central banks getting heavy in gold beyond the big hedge funds and people of that magnitude getting funds we're gonna have a lot of small fries going and get their weight up so that's a good note as well and then a lot of people also are expressing excitement over the crypto space so it's a lot of green in the crypto space as well and so the flight to speculation or the fight to safety either one it's a flight taking place right now so hopefully uh, you guys are in a position where you're not suffering as much damage based upon the current contagion that's underway just because literally this is what i would consider this to be day one of what could be in the making if if my theses of this being a constructed a structured event to take down the regional banks so that they can provide another qe tool without calling it qe i.e you know this is basically that pivot in a sense but then without them admitting a pivot so we'll see but anyway i think that's um everything i kind of wanted to get off my chest just to show you that Things are, um, yeah, things are not hunky-dory, even though Biden came out earlier trying to, uh, I guess, give people a sense of confidence that it's uh, everything is fine because they opened up another QE window. But uh, I don't believe it one bit. And so here we have Biden says, don't worry. Everything is just fine. Banks are all safe. And so don't you feel that much more confident in our leadership here <laughs> yeah okay so i'm gonna open open the phone lines in one minute i got a lot more stuff to talk about but it's been almost 30 minutes i'm going too long but hopefully you guys got my point that this is a planned event the regional banks are being sacrificed svb was just the, the spark that lit the fuse and here we are now day three day four day five of the event and it's already reached beyond our borders here and now we just wait and see how it unfolds Okay, on, on another note, um, 
This is interesting here. China, Xi's plan to speak with Zelensky for the first time since Ukraine uh, broke war broke out. And so not only did Xi appear to be a peacemaker between Saudi Arabia and Iran, which caught everybody by surprise. I think that's a strategic brick move. We'll find more about in the next couple of months. But uh, we have Xi looking to talk to Z, And Z is a puppet from the West. So Xi going to have to go in with some heavy hitting promises to say, hey, you know, we know that, you know, we, we know what's really going on. It's a proxy war. But then we're building up our infrastructure of bricks. We would love to have you guys reconsider coming to the coming to the fold, make you part of the Eurasian uh, pack. The Belt and Road Initiative. We'll make sure we real we'll we'll give you a certain amount of money if we rebuild and you know all these promises G's gonna come up with because it's gonna be one of the things where he's Z. This is just me thinking Z gonna offer Zelensky a, a make a, he gonna make him a deal that's gonna be hard to refuse. Either you come join our union or when Russia unleashes mass destruction, you're gonna lose your country and and you're gonna probably lose your life as well in in the mix trying to defend trying to fight a war that, you know, it's not even about you. You're just a puppet, Zelensky. You're just a middleman the West is using. Is this how to, this is, is this a legacy you want to have? Or you can do something good for your country. Come talk to us. We'll make it right with you. So that's the type of talk I can see Z having because it's like right now, see, you pick a side. You either going to be bombed into oblivion or are you going to come with us and you'll have a chance at rebuilding your country and having a legacy that you can be proud of, not just being a puppet. <laughs> okay. And then, um, yeah, I got so much stuff, man. Let me just share my last, my last little, my last little article here. So if you got questions, thoughts, you disagree, feel free to have it at me. You know what I'm saying? Let me know what you got on your mind. Um, and just, just, to, just to highlight more that I did not bring up. And mind you, if you haven't, Join the Telegram group because most of this stuff goes up there first. But Morgan Stanley, BlackRock funds among those exposed to regional bank failure. You see that? I showed you about four or five articles highlighting how the target is regional banks, regional bank failures. Like, what does Morgan Stanley and BlackRock really got to do with the regional banks? Like, they are big institutions themselves. Like, why wouldn't BlackRock bank solely at J.P. Morgan or whatever? Why Why would you have accounts at these regional banks? Unless, of course, I'm sure there's reasons for it, but you wouldn't have enough to really cause damage to your business. But the fact that mainstream media is using this to highlight regional banks and they're showing some big players, let me know that, yeah, the sacrificial lamb happened to be the regional banks. So, yeah. So, so point is, this is something to consider. If you bank at the regional bank or regional bank, on that list I just showed, from the 20 all the way up to the 10, it's only we have seven GCIVs. And so seven through 20, those 13 are could probably considered regional banks. They're under the, let me see, they're all under though that 13, let me see here. You're a systemically important bank if you have a, I remember reading this, you have a, you're a systemically important bank if you have more than 500 billion under management or something like that. You're a systemically important bank. And so looking at this list here, we have, let me see, from seven, from eight down. So Goldman Sachs just makes that threshold, if that is a case, if that is a number that I remember. And then Capital One Bank, Morgan Stanley is number 10, TD Bank, BNY Mellon. And so literally that top 10, I'm sure they are systemically important, but you get down to the 300, 200, 100, you know what I'm saying? You're a non-important bank. You're, you're going to be sacrificed. And so point is, if you're in one of those tiers where there are 200, give or take more, really take caution just because if, if I'm right about the purging of these regional banks intentionally, then there's going to be distress. You may be may hold. You may not. If you're above 250, you might be able to use that window. I wouldn't be making no promises because the window, that BMFT that they just created is not for the retail, really. It's for the big players. The FDIC, we all know, is not really holding much. They're basically insolvent. So who's going to come in and backstop that? Either the exchange stabilization fund will be used. I'm not sure how much currency is in there. Or the Fed's going to start you know, printing to try to backstop this. So just be aware of that. Credit unions, that's another thing we, we might hear about because the FDIC is for the commercial banks, but the NC, I think it's NCIA, is of credit unions, uh, backer of last resort 
I don't really know how solvent they are either. I think, you know, there's a lot more promises to pay than there is currency. So just be aware of that. Just something on the side there. Okay. Um, let me keep it moving here. So, okay. So I'm ranting a lot, but hopefully you guys are getting what I'm trying to say here. So if you knew, if you just joined the live stream, I done laid out a whole little argument as to why this is planned. Be careful. This is a direct attack against regional banks for the greater good of the too big to fail banks. And I think that that, that has a lot to do with consolidating power to a f- small few globally systemic important banks so that the interconnectedness of the CBDC digital dollar rollout can be funneled through at the least amount of banks as possible, which will be the big boys. And all those smaller boys will be migrated into the big ones, basically pushing power straight to the top. And that, that's that's why I think the regional banks are are, are are expendable right now, in my personal opinion. So hit that thumbs up button, share your thoughts and opinions. And then, okay, so uh, my last little article here that I want to bring up, I got other topics, man. Credit Suisse is tanking even more. What else we got here? We got um, something that should be on everybody's radar is what I would probably consider. I don't think I don't think this event here. Let me share this with you. I don't think this event here. I got to I got to verify it. But I don't think this event here. China G plans Russia visit as soon as next week. So it says a source coming from the Reuters. Make of it what you may, but I I, I don't know. It says Russia's he plans to travel to Russia to meet his counterpart Vladimir Putin. Excuse me, as soon as next week. People familiar with the matter said plans for a visit comes as China has been offering a broker peace in Ukraine. An effort to has been met with skepticism by the West. Putin said last month that G visit had been agreed upon through the Kremlin. A chief uh, gave no date for a possible visit. So last month was the time frame that this was first mentioned about them coming together. And G coming up, moving to going to the Kremlin. And so outside of the obvious, they're going to be talking about how to bring Z into the fold to squash this because all this chaos and pandemonium and threat of more sanctions, it probably cramps their ability to really come together for this next currency, this next payment system, this gold back resource back, whatever it is that they're going to probably announce later this August. And so, they probably want to squash as much of this quarrel as possible so that they can focus on the business at hand, which is that multipolar world that they're trying to play out. So I think this is not about making peace. It's more so about making things easier for them. And if they can bring in Ukraine and squash this and pull them from the Western's coffers, I think they'll take that. But then again, Ukraine is sacrificial lamb as well, because we all know what's going on there. So, but then again, next week, this is this, you know, the fact that Z chose now after all this quasi QE through this new bailout tool lets us know that, hey, we probably got to crank this up a little bit. We got to move a lot faster because, you know, Z's sitting on about 900 billion worth of treasuries that's underwater. <laughs> Russia got bare minimum. So people are, hey, we got to find something to do with these things. So anyway, that's just my two cents, man. But, uh, yeah, I, mean, I hope I laid out a good case as to why and how things could be uh, underway at a, at a much heightened level than what we're being told, that this is not an accident, but this is being done intentionally. I don't know, but I just feel that that could be the case. All right, so for those who are tuned in, man, I appreciate you for blessing me with your presence. Uh, let's talk. So let me get myself situated here, and uh, I would love to speak with you guys directly. So my, my phone situation is out of commission right now, so I'm using my computer. So hopefully audio is good. But if you have thoughts, ideas, suggestions, questions, feel free to reach out to me. And then we'll see how 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 long this goes. It's kind of late, I know. But I had a lot of stuff to put together. And during the day, it's hard to take bit by bit by bit to formulate a, a complete thought. I need to do it at the end of the day so that I can get everything off my chest at once. And then hopefully everything makes sense to everybody. Okay, but uh, we should be good once my internet connects. <laughs> All right, so the phone lines are open. If you guys want to call, you can call me and we'll get you on here. Let you share your two cents. Just try to make it quick and short or share your thought and we can uh, make it work. Uh, low budget. <laughs> Appreciate you, low budget. It says uh, sticker. Uh, pair character flying in the air with a red cape and a smile on his face. 
okay, I'm not, you know, that's I, I was, okay, sticker, that's a joke, but appreciate the love art for my friend. How are things in New Zealand? Let us know. All right, let's see if we can get this going. Hello, Carlos, where are you calling from? Give me one second here, make sure I get you on here. Hello, Carlos, where are you calling from? Dwayne from the Midwest. Give me one second. Let me put you on speakerphone, my friend, because my volume ain't the greatest, and I hope I can pull this off. Give me one second here. See if I can put you on speakerphone, because it's not working like the way I want it to. Um, shoot, I may not be able to do it the way I want to. But anyway, I got you on here, man. You got my, I might have to speak up a little bit. Ugh. Hold on, hold on one second, one second. My volume is bad. Um, I, it's, uh, let me, give me one second. I apologize for the inconvenience. I thought I could use it. Maybe I won't be able to. Let me get my speaker volume up a little bit. Give me one second here. All right, try it again. Okay. Can you hey, hear me? Yep, I got you. I got you. I, it's my fault. So forgive me for that. What's, what's, so, we give, give me give just start over from scratch again. I said we should be tired of going through this. I mean, we went through this in 01, we went through this in 08, mm-hmm. we went through this in uh, 20 weeks ago. The problem is, and when nobody's talking about it, is the FDIC really can't help us. The FDIC can't help us until we bring back Glass Steagall. We should be demanding <laughs> that they bring back Glass Steagall. Because the FDIC was created out of Glass-Steagall. What made, the reason why the FDIC reserves are so low is because of Glass-Steagall. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have to separ- separate the investing, the investment banking from the commercial banking, mm-hmm. you don't have to have as much funds in your reserves as, as for FDIC because they're not going to be taking as much risk. They're not because it's against the law for them to take risk. So you don't have to have as much funds in your reserve. So that's why they never really had enough fund in your reserve because they're supposed to be just doing lending, not <laughs> speculation. So without and, and out of the Glass Steagall Act, that's why the FDIC um, uh, um FDIC was created. Mm-hmm. If the FDIC don't have Glass Steagall, which they haven't had, they had to. The, the Frank Dodd bill, which is, I guess, was their version of it. Yeah. If they don't have that veil of glass steel, the FDIC, all they're going to do is keep robbing the American people. Because what they're doing now is, basically what they're doing is, and they're going to, if they continue to raise weight, all mm-hmm. they're doing now is taking the unrealized gains mm-hmm. from the bonds, swapping them out, and recapitalizing them, at higher interest rates. Because you know, if you've been investing, if you're going to bank any amount of time, a 5% interest rate is pretty about, that's pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Pretty normal 5% interest rate for your CDs, your bonds, or whatever your um, bonds are. That's a pretty normal. So basically what they're doing is they're swapping out the toxic debt and trying to get them with the um, with the new bonds. Mm-hmm. And then, you and then you know, you got LIBOR coming on and all that. Yeah. And I do agree with you that they're trying to get use the, use the, um, use their um, regionals as a caveat because mm-hmm. really it's probably the bigger bank because they need to swap out that too because a lot of toxic <laughs> debt, debt out there. Right, right. That's 100%, man. So, so, so that's all I'm saying. I'm saying is we need to start talking about it. We need to be hashtagging bring back glass steagall. Otherwise, we can forget it. They're just going to keep robbing the coffers. Cause that's, now, now watch this. You, you think they go actually go backwards and put handcuffs and restrictions on themselves when they know they need the Ponzi to continue to expand by any means necessary. Like they're creating so many special purpose vehicles now. Like that's the next way of like being able to provide QE without saying QE or pivoting without actually saying you're pivoting just because they can always provide a backdoor or, or, or way into the system with new currency. So they're not going to put restrictions on themselves because everything going to come apart the same for officially then Everything's gonna dry up, <laughs> and they're not gonna have that. No, no, I'm not talking about them. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about we. We, we, because yeah. Because us. protected mm-hmm. the Yeah. They're probably not gonna like it. Like if, that's what I'm saying. We need to hashtag Glass Steagall. That was a that was our protector, and thanks Bill Clinton, the administration for for dissolving it. <laughs> that that was our protection. That protected. Now we see why in my in 
29 that created Glass-Steagall. Yeah. Because of this. Right. And we don't, that's what I'm saying, that we need to demand, you need to bring at Glass-Steagall for you to protect the consumers. Because think about it, Mike. Mm-hmm. Putting your money in the bank at this point is worse than going to, is worse than going to a casino. Yeah. Because if you put your money in the bank, if you go to a casino, if you went to Motor City mm-hmm. right now, and you put your money in Motor City, you have a chance of winning, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. Put your money in the bank. Are you participating in the losses? You have your money right. in the savings. Right. You're not planning it. You're participating in no game. Hey, 100%, man. But hey, watch this. Let me get some more calls in. Yeah, go ahead. But I appreciate you, man. Because I could talk to you about this all day, but uh, go ahead and get some more calls. Appreciate you. Show, yeah, thanks. Yeah, bye-bye. Hello, Carlos. Where are you calling from? Doing well. Who's this? Who we got? 313 Wayne is in the building. 313 Wayne. What's up, my man? Now, watch this just for the sake of trying to get as many calls. If you don't mind, give us some quick thoughts or insight because I, I want I got to figure out how to, you know, make these calls so we can get more done. But give me your thoughts. What's on your mind? I just want to let you know that the roof is on fire. <laughs> don't believe the hype. The SBIC ain't got no insurance. You know, it's all a con game. It's a confidence game, right? Mm-hmm. And they're trying to backstop these banks. But banks don't want to deal with other banks. But just, just no. Don't believe the hype. Don't follow no sports and none of the bread and circles are wrong. It's on fire and they can't stop it. Right. So hey. I'll just leave it at that. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for calling no in. Insurance. Yep. <laughs> Hello, Carlos. Where are you calling from? Yeah, Mike. Steve P. Marie Steve, what's going on, my man? Give me something quick, if you don't mind. Hey, yeah, I'm keep it nice and short. Don't sit outside the grocery store about to walk in. Uh-huh. Uh, Oh yeah, I, okay. I saw I saw some I saw a screen share of that as well, and so yeah, yeah, yeah I, I shot it in your email there. Uh, so, so that, that that was number one, and and number two is this this little scuffle that's starting to take place with America and Mexico, mm. and my 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 eyebrows going my eyebrows going up with that. Yeah. And turned in, and turned in. They turned in the guys that uh, got out of line with that act. You know. Yeah, a hundred percent. Okay, that, that's that's definitely possible. And I, I saw another politician. I can't think of off the top of my head, but he was talking about um, uh, something about military action and, uh, and and using the cartel as an excuse to get the U.S. involved. And in, I guess in help, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, in helping Mexico fight the cartel situation with U.S. you know with U.S. forces or something like that. You know, I'm thinking like, mm, like so you're trying to use an excuse to get put American boots or something like something like that on Mexican soil. So that could be one of the things as a that's being used to deter Mexico from even thinking about the BRICS and whatnot if they are or, or were. So, yeah. Correct. So, so I'll, I'll keep it short. And that, that, was my, that, that was my only thing for tonight. So that's just some consideration. Right. Because it, 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 it smells. Right. He doesn't have anybody known the cartel to go, oh, my bad. And then here's the guys who did it. <laughs> yeah, let me turn to my own guys. Let me snitch on my own guys. So, hey, man, appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Good talk to you, man. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's very concerning. And then as far as Mexico, I see a lot of people talk about Mexico joining the BRICS. Nothing official, but it's no doubt that the BRICS union, they're recruiting and basically making making it accessible for more nations to join. And I'm sure they're probably selling it with the idea that, you know, we're not debt-based. We're not trying to run your government. We're not going to invade you, whatever. It's simple. You bring something You bring something of value to the table, and you can be a part of us where you will have a say rather than just being under the orders of another government like the U.S. So that, it'll take much to really convince people to, oh, you know what, I might do that. 
Hello, Carlos. Where are you calling from? Mike, Tony from Oakland. How are you CB, doing, doing good, man. Give me something quick, if you don't mind. Oh, you know, I want speed time. I don't, I'm not quick. I, I, got my, <laughs> I, bring, I bring empirical evidence. I need you know, something, yeah, but I want to get some more calls, so go ahead, go ahead. Okay, I, I'll give you this, and, and you may want to give me a little bit more time. Mm -hmm. what, let's talk about what they're not talking about. Mm -hmm. What were the banks that, what were the banks doing that went on? The banks that went under the, the top of the three three banks went under so far. Yeah, uh, you, we know the names, so go go ahead. Silvergate, mm -hmm. which is what Silvergate was involved with crypto space. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. and, and then Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley was the tech sector and everything in between. And 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 the tech sector from the twenty nineteen mm -hmm. the, the, the VCs. Yeah, they got all the money. Yeah, and the Fed was giving away the money. Yeah. And, and who who was doing who was making all the money in 2019 all the way up to 2022? Mm, give it to me. Hey, jobs to work this work this angle. Who who's that? Crypto. Crypto. Remember how everybody yeah. quit their job and everybody was crypto. <laughs> everybody became a crypto expert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was in that, that same realm of work, the 2019 to the 2022 season. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, now now crypto's failing. Yeah. It ain't going nowhere. And then all of a sudden, now you, it ain't mid-level banks. They, 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 they telling you that. It ain't mid-level banks that's failing. It's the crypto market that's failing. Now, I got an article on the screen right now. It says, crypto scores scours the globe for banks to replace uh, collapsed U.S. lenders. And so I've seen some crypto people as well talk about they're trying to cut off all the entrance, all the entrances and exits to the capital markets for the crypto space intentionally. So it, it, some people are saying it's done intentionally by basically making Silvergate go under and of course all the FTX contagion and stuff like that. So that they're trying to take this avenue away from the retail investor is what people are trying to make it look like. No, they, they're, what they're doing is they're saving the crypto market. Mm -hmm. You said they're saving it? The crypto market is in need of a Dodd-Frank, not, not the other one. Mm -hmm. not, not the they in need of a Dodd Frank, mm -hmm. and and the the government's gonna gonna try to regulate that right. and get that in there. But I don't think it's gonna work because uh, you had uh, Litecoin Lisa on the other day, and mm -hmm. I wish she had done an interview with her mm -hmm. because she she's on point with this. She knows, mm -hmm. and uh, it, 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 like she said, it, uh, what was it? It, it was uh, Maker Dow. Coins, stable coins are, are, are no longer. Yeah. Stable coins aren't stable. That's what she said. And I agree with her. Stable right. coins aren't stable. But the, who keeps pushing the stable coins? The crypto Powell. market. Powell keeps pushing. Remember how he said, yeah, with the stable coins is the way to go. And, uh, you know, CBCs can work within that, 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 that realm of everything. I think, I, I think that's fluff, though. I think, I think that's all fluff from Powell's standpoint because a stable coin, of course, is another backdoor exit for the dollar. Okay, sure, it's another derivative of the dollar. Sure. But then again, they can't control that directly. That's the commercial banks and the, and the crypto projects using all that based upon the dollar. They want another version of a dollar that they can see, track, trace, stop, and everything between in the future. So I think that stablecoin bluff is, is hot. It's just talk to get us to that CBDC at some point in the future. Banks can't can use a stablecoin. Who is that? They so many laws around them that they can use it. They, they, can, they can accept the, the crypto mm -hmm. into their bank, but they have to Mm -hmm. And they got they got to get the person's name. They got to know your own customer. They got a bunch of hoops to jump through, and they don't even want to do it. Right. And that, that CBDC, I, I think everybody's hyping that CBDC up for for something that it's not going to be. And and uh, so the so here's the thing. So they, so the question will be: Will there be a rebranded version of a currency that comes from a single source that everyone will have to use in the future? No. Okay. Right, but the current version of the dollar goes through Mastercard, Visa, as well as you know the commercial banks, and I think they're trying to get away from that with this whole regional bank contagion crap. You know, saying to consolidate power further. I don't think there's going, there's not going to be nowhere near as many commercial banks in existence in five years as there is right now, because of what's going on right now. So therefore, there won't be as much access to the financial markets. Unless, you know. It's not going to be as many ways to the financial markets other than the way that they're creating now after all this stuff blows through, which will definitely be some type of a rebranded currency 
that you'll have to ask permission to use for certain things with the digital ID no. and everything in between. Here's the pushback on that. Okay, go ahead. Everything's a cartel. The oil market's a cartel. Yeah. Your, your, your banking system is going to be a cartel. Mm -hmm. There's only going to be three or four banks. Everything you look at that is a commodity is a cartel behind it. Right. And the, the cartel ain't going to let that happen. There's no way they're going to let something get rebranded and put up and stuff and else. They're going to continue to push the Fed button and say, you give me my money back. <laughs> and the Fed will go to the bank or go, go to Janet Yellow. And the Fed's going to say, yes, sir. Yeah. Here's your money. It's another special SPV. It's another SPV. <laughs> <laughs> it's been going on forever. It's been going on forever. SPVs until the end, huh? So how does this end then? How does this end? You, you, so how does this end? Because the rest of the world is not going to sit around and let the U.S. just create special purpose vehicles and be on the receiving end of all this additional currency created out of nowhere for fun. They're going to do something to buy between now and then. What are they going to do? Do they have a choice? Yes. I think Xi and Putin got a choice, and they're gonna let the world know what that choice is come all, come August. Hey, good things come to those who be who are patient. <laughs> good thing comes to those who wait. Hey, man, I appreciate you calling as always, my man. Good, good stuff. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Good stuff. Good, 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 good dialogue, man. Appreciate you, TB. Um, the Fed coin. Yeah. So, you know, once again, uh, it's just Monday evening, Tuesday right now. Let me check. Let me check the, you know, saying the markets right now. Yeah. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, uh, everything's right on course for a continued drawdown in the equity space. So as of now in the green, we're still in the red. And so at this current moment, other than a false fake rally, of some type of hopium that the Fed is going to reverse course and actually Powell admits that I can see continued pressure on the markets just because the banks are under distress. Confidence is eroding very fast and more unlikely. I don't think you can, you can't make amends uh, when it comes to messing with people's money. And so more people are going to pull from the regionals, put it in the too big to fail banks and we'll see how that goes. But all along, we got gold and silver doing their thing. Cryptos might continue to do their thing until something officially breaks. Like the, the debt market is definitely broken. We know that. The losses are piling up. Every central bank is basically negative right now. They're hemorrhaging. But then again, because they create the currency or a part of the creation of the currency, they can get away with it. But think about that. Who's caught in the crosshairs of all this contagion? You and I. The people who use these little things around me right now who think that these are the beginning and end of their financial future. Those are the people who will probably be impacted the most because their hope is in somebody else's liability. And that's why it's important to make sure that you're well-rounded in a variety of alternatives that suits your needs now and tomorrow and 10, 20 years from now so that you can protect and preserve what's yours. Anyway, I'm not going to take any more calls just because it is kind of late. But uh, sorry for jumping on too late, but I had to gather, gather all this stuff up. So if you come across this, you just got jumped in. I encourage you to go back for 30 minutes. I try to put it all together. Hopefully it makes sense. And uh, I, I think I did a good job of trying to let you know that this ain't by accident. This is a planned event. All right, my good people, for everybody who's tuned in, if you have not, do me a favor. Hit that thumbs up button. Show your support for the channel. And take this, share it with family and friends, invite somebody out to come kick it with us so they can learn and join us as well. And uh, I think it'll be a good uh, good way to help do your part as far as trying to just wake people up. That's all you can do. Just put the information in front of them. Let them make a decision. Either it's for them or it's not. Keep it on moving, man. It's just like preaching the gospel. You can't, you make, you can't make people commit to Jesus, but then your job is just to be a witness. That's it. Share your testimony. Because Jesus is Lord and King and he's on the throne and Despite all of this, everything's going to be a-okay. <laughs> all right, my good people. Be blessed. Be safe. I'm out. Tomorrow we should be back. And, uh, of course, it's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about. So get your weight up. Get your pray. Get your, get your weight up. Get your game up. <sighs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm spent now. Be blessed. Be safe. Shalom. Did you know that China's hoarding a massive amount of food? They will soon have over two-thirds of the globe's corn reserves, over half of its rice, and over half of its wheat. But when asked about it, China lies. So what does China know that we don't? 
China is the world's number one importer, relying on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. This makes them the canary in the coal mine when it comes to global food shortages. As Americans, we need to be prepared for potential food shortages. That's where 4Patriot Survival Food comes in. Their kits are compact, stackable, and have received a 5-star review for their flavor and taste. And right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by using code RTD at checkout at 4Patriots.com. Don't wait. Prepare today. Once again, use code RTD at 4Patriots.com and save 10% on your first purchase.